Mr. Sandberg, thanks for coming to your performance review. No problem. So you're in charge around here, is that fair to say? Absolutely. I'm the boss. Okay, so take us through a day in the life of the boss. Out the door. Are, are we? Yes, we are recording now. Nice. All right. Uh, so, one thing I didn't touch upon, um, it kind of came and went. I'm always a big fan of, of watching the clips. I've never been... But CES 2019 um, was just recent. That was a, a early January. What's CES? It's the Consumer Electronics Show. Oh, yes, yes. And basically, it's all of the newest, greatest technology that you're not going to be able to buy for five years. Right. Yeah, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, some stuff actually already exists, um, and they're just pushing it out there because it's like the you know it just released like at the end of the year sure or something that's going to be coming out in the next quarter big thing um foldable smartphones there's a i did read something about that there's a company that that came out i don't know what they were the name of the company it was it was called like royale or whatever but they they had a the first kind of foldable deal and obviously the operating system wasn't you know i think it was an android operating system but it wasn't um you know capable or ready for that they hadn't adapted it to it yet but now you know all the stuff is coming out the you know the new galaxy foldable smartphone is a potential thing that might be coming out this year and and um you know that the motorola i don't know if you heard they're bringing back the razor oh no the old flip phone razor yeah, but yeah. they're going to fatten it up make it wider and and stockier but it's going to be a foldable uh phone with a with a foldable screen the whole screen will be the the phone once you open it that's right that's right right um, which I think that's going to sell a billion units, uh, especially if they could get a price point on it that is sub one thousand dollars to become our standard purchase for phones. Yeah, and... I mean, you know, you got if you're gonna if you're gonna take smartphones to the next level, I mean, a lot of people are calling for like, oh, smartphones are dead. You know, how much further can you go from here? Are you going to make it more powerful, get a better, a better camera? camera again? Right. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can, you're always going to be able to progress in those lines. But I mean, I think the, the day where people were willing to pay another thousand dollars, you know, or another five or six or seven hundred dollars six months after they got the first one, just because now the new one has a biometric reader. Right. As opposed to the old one or the, the speaker jack is bigger or, you know, they don't they don't yeah. have a headphone jack on this one. Well, they've made it very accessible because it's basically like, here, it's a thousand bucks. But you know what? You'll just get 20 bucks a month on your oh, bill. And they're coming and under fire even more. Apple is especially oh. saying, hey, the, you go into the Genius Bar, people are like, hey, I want to get my, my phone fixed. You know, I spent a grand on this thing and it's like eight or nine months old and I'm having trouble with battery power or whatever else. And instead of doing repairs... They're pushing upgrades. They're saying, hey, let's get a new one. This yeah. thing's worthless, you know? And it's, yeah. I didn't spend I mean, would you do that with your $800 laptop? <laughs> you no, you I mean? would not. No, no. I mean, exactly. so it, it's, I don't think that they're, they're going about it the right way. I think if you're going to make trash, you know, that only lasts for eight, eight months, then you need to lower your price point. You know what right. I mean? Or you need to have a program where... You get true value for for your hardware. If I spend a thousand dollars on a phone, that hardware that I have is still going to be good. Right. Meaning, you've got to make the glass and the circuit boards and the all that stuff. It's it's reusable in some capacity, 
and it it does have value right even if it had a cracked screen on it so you know you sh- you should be able to return it for half price or, or half what you paid for it at least if it's still you know functional a lot of the modules are functional because it's not like they're upgrading the bluetooth modules on every new phone right you know they don't come out with a brand new arm processor on every single phone it's usually just the same as the previous model i think the iphone x and the iPhone, uh, the the iPhone previous to the X had the same processor in it, um, but that that's not the core uh, topic that I wanted to discuss. One of the things that came out of CES 2019 this year, which was um, really eye opening for a lot of people, um, it's a company. Uh, I can't remember what the name of the company is, but they do make a product called the Impossible Burger. And they're calling this the Impossible Burger 2.0. All right, now what this is, is a vegan, and I don't know if it's a soy-based or what, but they've managed to make a burger that is not meat, has all the nutritional value, maybe even a little bit more. And it even bleeds. And it tastes like, everybody says it tastes, I would say this tastes like a hamburger. Yeah. And in some cases, some people thought it was better than a regular hamburger. The Impossible Burger? I thought I read about something else. But yeah, no, I've heard about that one too. So that, in my opinion, opens up a whole new, um, you know, way of looking at food. I mean, to me, global warming, and I've said this to you many times, everybody's like, we've got to cut emissions. You know, it's all about the car, get carbon emissions and the gas that's coming out and, and all the pollution we're putting in. The, okay, it's all of the livestock. That is global warming. It is the livestock that that we're, we're mowing down all of the trees and we're, we're, we're creating around the world. We're creating more space for, for cows and livestock, cows and chickens and whatever to go out and graze. And they are consuming tons and tons of water and edible resources, grain, cornmeal, what have you, and farting their brains out and sending <laughs> methane into the atmosphere. Okay. And methane is one of the worst, if not the worst, greenhouse gas that there could possibly be. Right. That's what traps all of the heat. Right. Um, and in order for us to have our hamburgers and, and a McDonald's every 500 yards you know that that's you've got to have the livestock to back it up and right. when 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 a lot of these farms these like commercial farming entities run out of um you know run out of as long as I say they run out of land the land is still good but it's essentially the same thing as a landfill like when we dump all of our garbage into a landfill and it's full and it can't go anywhere we're basically burying it in the earth for however long and we're not going back to dump there again Right. We've dump it in a hole, cover it up, and let it sit and move on to another place that can be a, a landfill. Right. Um, same thing with with commercial farming. When you've got all these cows packed into your commercial farm, you know, your land, and they're out there pissing and shitting all day, every day. Um, for years on end, eventually the, the soil that they walk on becomes so toxic because of the ammonia, uh, and, and all of the, you know, all the piss and shit that's out there. It it becomes, 
um, unfarmable, unusable for, for farmland. It won't grow anything. Right. So it's, you know, they end up having to pack up and move to an, another plot of land. And then that, that is not, the earth has to repair that, that farmland over the course of probably a decade before this, or they have to get rid of all this, the soil that's got, you know, just an overabundance of nitrates in it. So when I, when I think about something like the impossible burger or even lab grown meats, like they're coming up with being able to use essentially stem cells yep. to grow a hamburger. Right. <laughs> I, I saw that too. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so fascinated by this. I agree. And I, you know, I think, well, real quick for any, our one listener and for yourself, um, the impossible burger is, it's a plant-based patty that bleeds and sizzles when it cooked. It's made using an ingredient called hame or heme, uh, H-A-E-M. It's an iron containing compound that's abundant in animal muscle and aims to mimic the basic Moorish meaty flavor. Okay, so they they isolated this compound or whatever the molecule that that is abundant within livestock, right? Uh, or or regular meat, and infused it with fibrous plant material that mimics the texture of muscles and fats, right? And this heme or heim or whatever you want to call it, you're telling me that this is that that's your flavor center, like that's where you're getting your the the taste of blood. So it's like hemo like hemoglobin <laughs> like it's it's like red blood cells right is that what it tastes like right well it says uh what is it does it taste good it's definitely good it's savory has a good texture and even has the umami flavor that comes from red meat and none of the gas of eating red meat oh only the gas of eating vegetarian <laughs> <laughs> which honestly i had to cut out broccoli <laughs> Broccoli does something to me, man. I'll tell you what. Oh, geez. It's stinky and no good for anybody around me. I do think it's fascinating, but we talk about all the things that are, you know, you talk about the methane gas and people are talking about oh, the cars and the factories and the, I mean, all of the above, right? So they're finding ways to grow our meat and our cars are now electric. I mean, you know. Well, just I'm thinking more just from the, the I, I, they're doing stuff with cars because it, to me, it's not about. Uh, in the in the car automotive industry, it isn't about um, emissions near as much as it is about uh, sust- sustainable energy. I uh, got it. Yeah. Meaning we ha- that's that's as Elon Musk says, it's a it's an inevitability. Like we have no choice but to create our own sustainable energy. Right. And, and this is how he's going to do and it. And <laughs> oil is not sustainable. Right. You know, we we all realize that if we don't get off of oil, then we aren't going to have cars. We won't have, you know. We won't so the environment is just a byproduct of this other idea of just having sustainable energy, basically. I I think the the, the burger, the food, is the answer. This that, That's why it's so, I think it's so impactful. I never thought about it the way you said it before, but yeah, I could see how that would make a Meaning, huge impact. Meaning this is our way of getting around, like the real, that's the real carbon, you know, the, the real greenhouse gas emission problem that we have. Uh, aside from the fact that if you look at how much land is used just for livestock, right? And how many, how much water, how much water do you think a cow drinks right. per day? Clean, fresh water. Right. And, and we could be looking at a water shortage 
uh, at some point. That's water that could be going. How many? How much of our crops do you think have to go to feeding livestock? Right. In order to to get what over however many year period before we can kill one cow to make you know five hundred cheeseburgers. Right. How much does that cow drink and eat in order to get to that 500 cheeseburger mark? It ain't 99 cents <laughs> for a cheeseburger at that point. <laughs> right. You know? You know, you know, that brings up a good point. You talk about price. Uh, real quick, they were talking about, I don't have the super specifics, but they talk about like a cow that's been like groomed and like massaged. and yeah, like, Wagyu. Yeah. That's it. Wag, wagyu, wagyu beef. Wagyu, yeah. Wagyu beef. Oh, my God. They charge like Well, actually, uh, the Jap- Japanese came up with it first calling it Kobe beef. And the, all of the Kobe uh, line of cows is basically like, you know, they did dog breeding to turn a, a wolf into a bulldog over uh, many, many years. Okay. Or, you know, all, all dogs came from wolves. That, that's right. it. Okay. Wolves are the the direct descendants. So you look at a chihuahua and you're like, how the hell did you go from a wolf to a chihuahua? <laughs> and, it, and it's selective breeding. <laughs> Wow. So they did that. The Japanese have been doing that shit with cows forever, and the, and they call it Kobe beef. And they actually have certificates of like the bloodline of, of this cow's of, family, of this cow and this cow's family, wow. and where and, and, it, and it produces family the, tree kind of, a and thing? it produces the best best meat that you'll they ever say eat. Happier, the happier the animal, mm-hmm. the healthier, mm-hmm. be, best fed, it best just, fed, massage. Blah, blah. So what you get is um, from Kobe. What happened was they. Had a, had families and they, there's Australian um, you know meat producers or, or um, I don't want to call them grow houses <laughs> that's the pot but or, you know farms where they you right. know where you have these these cows and they basically went over and you had a couple of these guys who and a lot of Americans have done the same thing they've gone over and they've purchased these Kobe beef uh, or these these Kobe cows. For breeding purposes and and brought them overseas, right? So if they're pure Kobe beef, then they're all Kobe, uh, all, all Japanese. They're they're Kobe. That's where you. That's like kind of top of the line Japanese version. But if you get a uh, if you started with a pure bloodline of Kobe and you bring it over and you made it with say the the top of the line Angus steer that you've got um, in America and you begin that bloodline. Right, um, maybe do it with a couple of different Kobe cows and a Is couple that talking of different... about like, hey, my meat's been stepped on. Yeah, well, <laughs> like the drug. Yeah, <laughs> what it is 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 it's that that's the second tier. Wagyu right. is is considered from the it's the Kobe bloodline, but it's it's a step down from Kobe. Is that no, it it's a step down from Kobe in the sense that um, you know, this is the difference between an Arabian horse and a Mustang. Okay, in America. You know, doesn't mean that the Arabian horse, because they were they were bred to be the best of the best, and they were selectively breeding over there, um, is any better than a wild grown ass kicking Mustang from America? You know, every dog right. every dog has his day. Um, they're both pure, I guess, in their own sense. It's just one was selectively bred for one thing, and and one of them evolved. Uh, through natural selection to become what it became. Got it. Um, so whatever we have in America that we consider to be our top of the line beef, because they're all American cows, right? Right. They've been in our environment eating w- w- how we've been breeding them, doing our thing. So we take the best of what we got and then the best from the Kobe bloodline. And then we mate those and 
we end up with something that is just just as amazing Got it. and they call it uh i believe that's i believe that's wagyu beef yep and that's not as expensive as kobe but it's still extremely expensive right um and it's still got all of the stuff that you're looking for and it's they're all treated the same way uh, australia has their wagyu um you know america has their version of wagyu um but yeah i, I getting back to the yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Well, where do you think, do you think that this is helping? Like the, well, obviously I'm just being able to grow about, food is. <laughs> I think the biggest hurdle for people, I know the problem that they're solving. Most people don't consider it, right? right. Most people think of it like, oh, well, I'd love a good vegetarian burger option. Right. How many vegetarians do you think are going to love the taste of a, you know, vegetarian burger that tastes like a real beef patty right you know that, they're so they're used saying. to eating cardboardy crappy mm-hmm. vegetarian burgers and that's what they've they've gotten used to and that's what they dig i don't think they're gonna be excited to taste what tastes like real meat so i don't think that's their market i think their market is f- much more mass meaning sure. people like i would rather have that than a mm. mcdonald's patty look if i'm eating something you're saying i didn't get well and somebody didn't have to die for this. Right. Well, well, I mean, I'm reading here. It says uh, the Impossible Burger, made by Impossible Foods, is a plant-based burger designed to fry, bleed, taste, and smell just like beef. So it's saying it's a vegetarian breakthrough brought to you by science. Yeah. And if you look at the lab-grown stuff, you, you're doing lab, you can do lab, lab-grown meat. They're doing lab-grown uh, chicken mm-hmm. and stuff like that. When I think about McDonald's chicken nuggets. Oh. Okay. <laughs> When I was a kid, they were delicious. I was like, sweet and sour sauce, a Szechuan sauce, Morty. Mulan, Mulan. Can't get enough. So I I looked, I I remembered, I would always open the box and be like, okay, how many boots do I have? You know what I mean? That's exactly right. That's exactly how they look. How many boots do I have? How many little round ones do I have? Mm -hmm. Right? And then you always get like a four piece or a six piece. And you're like, okay. Because the boots were always like the most fun. But I never asked myself like... Is that how a chicken like? Is that what a chicken looks like is it, <laughs> when you when they're out there taking? Because I go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, I've never seen a boot. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean, oh, he's cute, isn't he? So yeah, I'm not. I'm not thinking about it when I'm a kid, but when I think about it now, like that. Once I realized what was going on, I'm like, I'm never going to have a chicken McNuggets again. What am I? What, what was I stoned? What was wrong yeah. with me? Because <laughs> when you th- you think about what's in a chicken chicken nugget, it's literally like they they grind chicken. All the all of the parts of the chicken, like <laughs> the stuff that you don't, you're not interested in, uh, that can include you know beaks and tongues and whatever mm-hmm. else. Then they I put mean, artificial flavoring and, and bones, and they grind it into a powder, and then they use a gelatin to form <sighs> it into a, a like a what looks like a spammy paste, and then they put it through a mold and cut it into boots and circles, and then. Then they do their deep frying, and it and it is delicious. Of it course. does taste like chicken, and it melts in your mouth. It's it, it, no chewing necessary. Yeah. It's basically <laughs> it's like, like chewing like, oh on, a, my God. on a really soft fruit roll-up that tastes like chicken with that's breaded on the outside. However, people who go and order their chicken McNuggets at McDonald's, you know, if you offered them and didn't tell them lab-grown chicken. Okay, where you didn't have to kill a bunch of chickens. It was lab grown and you made It was your, actually nutritious. And you made you your nuggets good the protein? same way. I think you'd have a, a revolution on your hands. How do we have so many restaurants in America or in the world that offer food that have zero health benefits? 
<laughs> like a Taco Bell ground beef burrito. <laughs> I mean, all of these. I mean, I can't think of very. I mean, there's got to be ten percent on a McDonald's menu that could possibly offer any kind of good nutrition for you. Like a wilted salad, right? Exactly. The, so, or their smoothie that has a hundred thousand sugar in it, uh, grams of sugar. That actually brings up another interesting question. I've had this conversation with other people in the past, and that is, would you ever think about when you go to these restaurants, like what grade of of product they're using? Meaning, you don't think when you go to Taco Bell about, oh, what's the what's the grade of the of the meat going right. into my burrito, right? And they all have different grades, meaning if you go to a Costco or a market or a Whole Foods or whatever, you know, the most expensive stuff is always prime. Yeah. Well, I was working out a little bit. I had to find meat that was 96 and 4, you know, 96% lean. Right. Well, that's that's okay, fat that's content. Different. Okay. Um, that's for ground beef. But um, if, if you're looking at steaks in particular, okay. right, and all, all burgers that you have, if they're really good, they're ground sirloin right they're decent ground sirloin but in, in other they're the ground chuck or ground you know they, they could be ground it's ground beef but it's some so oftentimes it's a little bit tougher right, you know what i mean right, as opposed right. to yeah. having more more meat in it than fat mm -hmm. um so if you think about the grades you go from prime and then i think you you go down to either choice or select one of those two Right, and that's con they're all considered grade A. I don't think I've ever walked into a supermarket and seen grade B. Right, <laughs> grade B. Okay, so when I think about grade B, like grade B, where does that go? Like, who gets grade B? And for my, I mean, I would imagine it would go into like really high end dog foods. Okay, or something like sure, that. Sure, sure. Okay, grade C. Um. I, I don't know McDonald's burger. No, I I think those that, that it's yeah it's I think grade C they call it commercial grade, mm -hmm. and I think that definitely goes into um you know other product high end raw foods for dogs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or or um your package of ground beef that you bought in a tube. I don't think that shit's gonna be grade A. It right. could probably be grade B or grade C. Right. The, yeah. But the lowest low, the lowest end of the bar bottom of the barrel. Uh, that I think you can get away with. I don't think there's a grade F. Right. I don't think it, it failed. It yeah, could, it can't I make don't it think there's a grade F. So you can eat it, but it failed. <laughs> I think a grade D. D's get degrees. Oh. Is like super duper commercial grade. I think most of them use uh, grade uh, grade C meat. Like if you're talking about like McDonald's hamburgers, not not the quarter pounder with cheese that's fresh beef. I'm talking about like the 99 cent cheeseburger that, you know, that woman tours the country around holding the same cheeseburger she bought so five years ago so that looks look, the same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that when you're talking about that, you, when you're talking about those lower grades of meat, like that, that's what's <clears> in. That's that's what's in the Taco Bell, you know, meat. That's what's in uh, the in in the really low grade. Man, I had my stint with Taco Bell. I, I haven't been there in a couple of years, but. Man, I used to love that stuff. I, how can you not? I know. It's so God. good. It's poison. It got to a point where you get to a certain age and you start eating that stuff and you immediately feel It's bad. so salty. <laughs> Just feel it's bad. So it's so salty. sick. And yeah, but I imagine like if you get that kind of grade on that on a meat product, what does that animal look like? On its way to the to the house of, of Slaughter. Mm -hmm. I mean, is it a is it a sickly beast? 
Is it is it uh, is it limping? Is it have three legs? <laughs> does it does it is it suffering from like you know? Is it a bloated, fat, just disgusting hormone injected? You know, animal that can barely or walk. Just leftovers, <laughs> leftovers from all the cows from the week. <laughs> Who knows? And then, but I mean, because nobody ever thinks about what what was what did it start as before it turned into my burrito, right? You know, what did it look like? Um, did it have the face a mother could love? Mm-hmm, yeah, I mm-hmm. doubt it did. I think people, the millennials, are much more health conscious than my, our parents and I ever was growing up. I think I think health because well, they have a, the options. Come a big, it's become a big deal. I think I do think in about a hundred years, everybody's going to be living to about one hundred and fifty or more. There's going to be it's just there's going to be a healthier, not eating a Taco Bell. Well, not. I don't. I think way more people are are aware of the food coming out of those places and. It's going to be less and less, I feel. Once we have all these more options that start coming out, people are getting food that people don't have to, that animals don't have to die for, that tastes just as good, that are healthier for you, maybe, possibly. Yeah, I don't know, man. You, you, can st- I, you drive by any McDonald's that has I a know. play center, and it is swarming with yeah, kids. I still have my every once in a while, like, I need to get some a cheeseburger and fries. And, and a lot of people don't, I mean, I'd say 90% of the, the country if you've you know that group of people if you if you've got a family to feed you know what i mean and and times are tough or whatever i'm sorry you know the happy meal for the kids and a and a burger for yourself yeah you got a family of four and you're getting away with 25 bucks for dinner i mean come on you're not going to you're not going to see a better situation and those aren't the people who are like you know i'm sorry i just can't put that in my body i need uh, I need an you know, alternative. I'd rather go pay ninety dollars down the street, and it's like, no, I can't afford to do that. Yeah. So, I think the Impossible Burger is going to be ha- has the potential to be a real game changer. Now, the 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 only thing that I foresee being a problem with it uh, is cost to manufacture. Meaning, once they put that thing on the on the assembly line, like how many can they? How actually many produce? babies can they crank out? at a time how much of the how, where the, where's their heme source who's their heme sourcer right <laughs> who's that you know heme hame yeah who's the, yeah. do they have like a place where there's a dude who's just out there growing heme right <laughs> so you're gonna need a lot of heme and you're gonna need a lot of uh of that plant-based stuff you're gonna have to get your get your assembly line down because i think right now it's almost like it's basically like prototype show it off you know, I bet each burger that the people tasted at CES, they all get to try one. I, I bet for them to make those burgers, each one of them, because they had to make them in a lab or they had to make them, you know, in, in their little workshop or whatever. I, I, I would imagine each one of those burgers probably cost 12 or 15 bucks for each patty they produced. Right. Legitimately. Right. Like right. if you were to go to a restaurant, the markup on that would be it, it's a $60 hamburger. Right. So they got to get the costs down yeah. significantly in order to meet the level of demand out there because, you know, Americans love their cheeseburgers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so promising. And but, if it, but if it works and it gets out there, they can charge a lot for it. It won't be as mass produced, but they'll be able to charge money for being like, hey, you want the, you want the meatless burger? And with no competitors... I mean, yeah. I don't know if they're, I don't think that's a publicly traded company, but uh, I would imagine as soon as they do become one, 
uh, you're going to see a lot of market share heading in their direction. Ah, that's a good point. I would definitely be looking into ways. Getting like some... the first, if they do an IPO, I'm all over that. Oh, okay. That's a big one. That's a good, that's a good point. Sell my McDonald's stock. Get myself some impossible labs. You're making me hungry. Aren't I? Yeah. I gotta... I'm eating too healthy these days. <laughs> I want a cheeseburger from McDonald's so bad right now. I'll go get you some boots and some Szechuan. Oh, gross. Well, the first thing I do is... Talk to corporate! Approve memos! Lead a workshop! Remember birthdays! Direct workflow! My own bathroom! Micromanage! Promote synergy! Hit on Deborah! Get rejected! Swallow sadness! Send some faxes! Call a sex line! Cry deeply! Demand a refund! Eat a bagel! Harassment lawsuit! No promotion! Fifth of vodka! Shit on Deborah's desk! Buy a gun! In my mouth! Oh fuck me, I can't fucking do it! Pretty true for you. Well, taking a long walk is strenuous enough when you're thick like i am but uh <laughs> yeah sure when you when you add the short pier into you the equation too. <laughs> i don't think i want to go on that particular <laughs> long journey unless it's walk. a t- time of year where the water's out of the lake and in that case you know it might, might just be a short little jump or hop into the other side hey two each Butter your, right. butter your own bread, baby. Hey, man, I, I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. <laughs> um, all right, so I was thinking about it. Uh, As you tend to do. Another topic that I might uh, want to, to throw out, and that is something that I, I brought to you as an idea this morning when I walked into the office. I said, uh, I, got a, I think I got a good idea for a, a new internet challenge. Um, so that's the topic of today, like just the absurdity of internet challenges <laughs> right <laughs> and what you you're know, talking a la the ice bucket challenge etc yeah, well that was the probably that's still was it considered the, first one? The, the that's the like, one what, that that's the mona lisa that's it of uh <laughs> it got everybody involved well yeah i mean everybody in there i mean some of the douchiest people i have ever known in my life jumped on board love the idea of doing the ice bucket right because they were like oh my god i get to be like cool yeah people will watch me do this this is perfect like normally i'm just begging for attention but now i can slap a cause on it right (laughs) so (laughs) now it's not as needy you kind of got to come up with a cause and then you have to come up with the with the thing right i guess um so here's the idea i wanted to cover some of the 2018 challenges that uh, okay. were that were were there? I I really wouldn't even know any other list of real challenges. Oh yeah, I'm sure you know a few that came across that I saw. Oh yeah, it was bad. Um, so there are challenges, but then there's like also like sort of like dance ph- phenomena. So not all, like not all, most of them, most of them, in fact, from what I what I know, uh, don't actually. There, it's not like it's it's just a challenge. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. a, it's not like hey, do this to raise awareness for something. It's just worthwhile, right? Um, so it it really is just like a fad. It's a viral fad. So you know the most insane ones. You know that I saw coming in last year. The one called the condom challenge. Oh, okay. Where you take an empty condom and you jam it in your nose and you breathe it in. And try and pull it out the other nostril without throwing up or puking. Ah, I've seen people suck a a string up their nose and pull it out their mouth. This is a rubber. 
Yikes. Yeah. Did you see some video of people oh, actually it's all, attempting it's, this? You, you spend a little time uh, on, on, the, on the tube, you'll uh, find it. Oh, my God. There's another one uh, which I really enjoyed because uh, it, it was like, hey, please sign in to prove that you're 18 to watch some of these things. And it's like, this is the, uh, you know, crush a beer can with your your jugs uh, okay uh that was fun for the whole family sure but some of the other ones uh probably the most popular last year was the tide pod challenge i was gonna ask was that a challenge or was that just, just kids being stupid i don't understand yeah i don't know i think at some point you gotta it, say it's not a challenge right? you're challenged like you are mentally yeah. challenged <laughs> this is not a challenge if you're gonna st- if you're gonna eat a friggin' Tide Pod detergent. Upload a video to show that you are challenged. Don't be an asshole. Um, yeah, that was stupid. And then the the in my feelings challenge was that Drake the uh, Drake deal where uh, people were like getting out of their cars, moving cars while dancing, getting out in the middle of the freeway. Oh, I did see one video of somebody doing that. Yes. Yeah, dumbasses. <laughs> and then. Uh, the 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 3 a.m. challenge uh i'm seeing here i'm looking at this one uh, if i don't remember I, I don't remember that one being that popular i'm just i'm seeing this on the list um i don't think that was that special but it was staying up until 3 a.m. and doing a séance or uh, oh, pretending yeah. to raise the uh raise the dead but the the worst <laughs> ones where you can see like people are kind of running out of creativity but love getting their Hey, click subscribe. You right. know, uh, give me a like. Blah blah blah. The fire challenge, which should go without saying, how dumb that is, and it's like dousing yourself with the with flammable liquid and then lighting yourself on fire. Uh, another one's a hot water challenge. You can imagine, really creative. <laughs> pour you know boiling water all over yourself or drink boiling water. I challenge you to get as close to death as possible. Yeah, and then there's the uh, there was the 24 hour overnight challenge, which you know you sneak into like a McDonald's or and uh, you stay there throughout and you have the to, night. You have to hide so that they close up shop while you're still in there and you're just hiding for 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and then one that that made its rounds. Um, probably with celebrities, which I thought was kind of cheesy, but it it is actually kind of funny. But it, the Instagram influencers mm-hmm. who are like the worst kind, like they took it way like to a point where you're just like, that's so lame. Like they felt they needed to participate. But the original idea was they called it the Falling Stars Challenge, and it literally is like imagine you ha- have all of your stuff. You know what I mean? Like uh, imagine you had a bag full of your possessions. Okay. And you were walking down the stairs or something, and you fell flat on your face, and all of your possessions were strewn out, like all around you, like you literally fell on your face, and everything just went everywhere. <laughs> right. And have somebody take a photo of you while you're laying face flat on the concrete with all your shit strewn out everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I remember that, and then the, then all the little reality stars and, and Instagram influencers were like, "I fell out of my." bent my pink bentley or, oh, right, right. or whatever and, and here's oh, my jimmy here's, shoes here's, on the ground yeah, here's my version <laughs> of it haha ha, totally hilarious you know and there's 1.6 million dollars worth of jewelry and right all this stuff everywhere so i mean this is just kind of the laying on a golden driveway yeah exactly <laughs> exactly 
not like they'd give you the real version of it where like you you drop your phone it's cracked and you shit your pants you know what i mean <laughs> right which happens to everybody even <laughs> celebrities rich a, celebrities you're sitting in a puddle of your own diarrhea right yeah your fo- fucking nose is broken cut to the butler cleaning you up no i'm dead yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly, because we all have a butler. Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, just a, just a few of us. Just a few of us fortunate ones with our, our, our Bentleys and our, mm-hmm, our mm-hmm. Rolls Royce wraiths. Um, so Tandy LA. I was thinking, what is the next great internet challenge? All right. And I'm putting this out into the world just so I can Chime say. In. There's got to be comments below this, I, this podcast. I'm sure they're going to be so many people. Tell us. Tell I, us. All 21 of our listeners. If it's a good enough one, we'll, you know, we'll start it. Yeah. Well, um, actually, I don't think we have any followers. We have zero. I think we have zero followers, which wow. is, this is even better because this, this is something that I think uh, people would, would do. And I'll start with the original, and then we'll move into how I kind of made it a more generally acceptable one. But the idea... The original is... Yeah, go ahead. The original is tough. It's a good, it's a good idea. It's a good one, but it's... it's Well, the general idea is good. Hey, I if don't... people are setting themselves on fire, they would definitely do, <laughs> do this. this one. All right. It doesn't have to be, you know, NC-17. So with the advent of these security cameras kind of being plugged into... Anything and everything, you know, now it's your doorbell, it's your door knocker, it's, it's, your, you know, outlet. it's your garage. It's an outlet with your phone charger. There's... Everything has a camera on it. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, the uh, the new the new stuff is the, is the new Ring. The Amazon bought this company called Ring. They're the forefront. You get, you pay for 20 bucks a month or whatever, you get the cloud service. My, my baby sister... I think she got one this year for Christmas. Oh, the doorbell ringing video it's a camera. Door bo- it's a doorbell with a camera on it. And so it only turns on if you ring it? Yep. Okay. It's, well, no, it, it doesn't. Once it senses somebody Movement entering in there. the perimeter, it starts recording and it saves those video clips. On the cloud, basically. Yeah. So if you're out in your front yard with your kids playing or something like that, it's probably going to catch that and record it. The idea is that it, it's kind of pre-rolling mm-hmm. uh, just in case somebody does anything nefarious so that they can get the full picture of what happens. But it records it and stores it on the cloud, and it notifies you whenever somebody breaches a certain perimeter, meaning something comes into view. It sends you a little alert saying it's detected, uh, it is detected motion, and you should check it out, and it... And it has a two-way radio on it, so you can mm-hmm. you can actually talk through your doorbell. I imagine it's an app on your phone. You pull it up, you can see the video yeah, live it's streaming. The, it's the you can ring, talk to the people that are in front of it. It's the Ring app. I imagine <clears throat> if you had a you know uh, automated door lock, you could probably network those two together and be like, "Come on in, click," and it just right. opens the door. I'm here. You didn't leave me a key. Hold on a second. But everything's getting so smart, and everybody now is getting so surveilled. I can't remember a time when I was around anything that was exciting even remotely exciting um that you didn't already know where about. <laughs> where somebody wasn't shooting something with oh, their right. camera you know with their camera phone like oh there's a somebody's farting on the subway you know like mm-hmm. everybody's got to take a photo mm-hmm. everybody's gonna take video everything yeah there's video right now of people taking video of people's butts that have been farting in this cold weather and it actually leaving white frozen residue on the outside of your pants. So don't fart if you're out there in the vortex. That's <clears throat> uh, words to live by. It is. That's tough. solid advice, Doctor Doctor Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but yeah, I didn't. Know, I thought methane had a 
had a higher or a lower freezing temperature. And now we'll get into the ga- yeah. gaseous states. <laughs> nothing, um, could, nothing could get away from the vortex <laughs> of cold. But um, so the idea is that, that that we're taking things that, for the most part, everybody was was unachievable for the common household, homeowner, even renter, whatever, in the past. And that, you know, having cameras set up outside your house, please. I, I, I grew up, no cameras no. around my house. Uh-uh. That was like the uber rich. They had walls and gates and stuff like that and cameras. Um, and now it's, you know, home security cameras got a little bit more affordable. And, you know, they just like some up at Walmart, probably. just like the guys in the solar panel game, man. They That's were coming right. by yeah. like, hey, look, we'll do this. We'll do this for you. Uh, you're basically renting the equipment. You're just paying a subscription fee, gonna, and you pay off the equipment over time. And you're going to make the money back because you're going to save money on electricity anyway. So well, it balances out. Yeah, well, for solar panels, I don't think you make money off of shooting footage on your no, DVR. No, I'm talking about the solar panels. But yeah, they were they were they were setting up package deals with these things. So I was, you know, I would get hit up, and they'd be like, "Hey, man, you looking for a home security package? You know, we'll come and do installations free, and it's a pay over time. You can be in the house twenty years. You know, it, it all works out long term." Um, now that, that you've got ring, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you've got these little cam- little cameras, pod cameras that you can post pretty much anywhere and everywhere on your property. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them are shooting 4k now, which is crazy, but they're all networked. Um, anybody can buy one. I mean, for 200 bucks, you could have, you know, 1080p night vision two eight right. whatever, right in your front of your front door. And it's all connected to your Amazon account, I guess, or your Ring account, whatever the the deal is. So the idea is this was never something that everybody could afford. Kind of like people – YouTube only took started to really take off when cameras got plugged into phones. Right. You know what I mean? That's when it really exploded because then it, it's just – and Instagram, just, hey, I'm shooting a photo, selfie, video of myself with my phone in my car or wherever. It just made it so accessible to shoot stuff. Um, that's why it took off. But now you've got cameras, since you got cameras on your, your damn doorbell, I imagine there's gotta be some entertainment that could be had from that accessibility. And this is what I would like to call passive entertainment because it's not entertainment that you were expecting. Okay. It's not entertainment that you created. It's entertainment that somebody else created. So my thought is, that if you created, I call it the helicopter dick ring challenge. Oh, and the idea is you walk up to the obviously this. I think I think the original idea was a little one sided for just the dudes because I felt like they'd be the ones dumb enough to do something like this, and the only ones with the equipment to do it. Right, but you get out of the you you drive up to a house neighbor whatever who has a you know one of these doorbells. You preferably go when they're not home, and you walk up. You put on a, a mask or whatever, or if you're ballsy, you do, you just go straight. And you may be in this, yeah. in doing this. And you walk up to the thing, you push the doorbell, and you uh, pull your junk out and helicopter dick in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> just for just for kicks, and then you know you could take it one step further to where it could be uh, moon ringing, where oh. you walk up to anybody who has a ring camera and you moon, moon the camera. And there, there's a challenge right there. There it is. Once again, better than drinking boiling hot water or pouring it on yourself. Or sledding yourself on or fire. Or safer. So then you could take the ring challenge to any place you want. You can include all of these challenges with the exception of staying inside of a McDonald's or an Ikea or something. Right. Um, 
all of these include like getting out and dancing, you know, laying down and strewing your possession. I, I actually told you, I'm like, you know, it'd be hilarious if you're looking at your, you're sitting at work and you're looking at your ring and some guy rolls up and eats like a fully catered meal, like in front of your front door, <laughs> right. you know, complete with somebody like lighting candles in a server coming by and you're just like, what the fuck is going on in front of my front door? Right. And it's a, it's like a dude having a full blown, like super awesome meal. <laughs> I think that'd be great. You know, uh, somebody walking up and doing, uh, as we said, you ring the doorbell and then boom, you go into like, uh, uh, streetcar named desire full-blown monologue <laughs> and you start performing in front of this camera right and just unbeknownst to the owner of the home who's uh, actually recording this stuff right so the and challenge they can even time in or even see it live or start talking to the people that are in front of them most of the time it'd be like what the f- are you doing yeah, right. that's the idea i'd like that... to stage a full-on like couple's argument in front of it like as soon as they see just get a full-blown it could be a scene like you said a monologue but just to a guy and a girl or it doesn't matter just a couple getting into a giant yeah argument in couples front of blow out <laughs> right at just, the front door of a stranger like, a, a whole staged fight like the person watches like we gotta call the police okay that might go a little too far but and if they happen to answer the door, i'd be like oh hi can we borrow a cup of water right <laughs> we just want to know if you need a lawn <laughs> mode hi we're taking a survey <laughs> how do you like your ring shut up bitch (laughs) Um, but yeah i think that you could take that uh a lot of different places and as i mentioned before a lot of the challenges out there right now don't have any kind of a a, a, what is it cause or you know i'm an act i'm I'm trying to solve a problem and raise awareness or whatever if we could find the right thing like starving actors right you know what i mean that'd be awesome (laughs) <laughs> you know like so, or so, so, you know something that actually would benefit somebody to ra- raise awareness for whatever and you know provide the hashtag and a link to whatever the gofundme page is i think that would be hilarious but i i, I do think that that the un, it, it's been untapped yeah. meaning the the camera the abuse just okay you're using it for security fine you know how much shit I can do in front of a camera that's awesome? And that automatically goes on that when auto- I move in front of it? automatically <laughs> gets recorded. I'm going to live out here. You mean it's action all the time? <laughs> I'm going to live. I'm going to be. I'm meaning I'm your star. I'm your new television show. You're not going to watch anything else. You're going to come home and watch hours of me doing shit in front of your house. Watch all the ring videos that were recorded today. I deserve it. <laughs> That's dangerous. It's dangerous putting this idea out there because if the right people get wind and they're like, oh my God, yeah. There's like, I know at least 20 houses in my neighborhood that have that ring. I'm going out there. I'm going to start to see what happens. Oh, yeah. You know, people will start uploading. The people who own that content will be uploading it and be like, I had someone come by. This is hilarious. You got to see this. Yeah. And that's it. It'll, be a, wa- it'll be a water cooler viral deal. Right. An- another another thing, um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of potential. Now that you have these things right. that, you know, Echo, the Amazon Echo, right? Right. These things are, you could prank people with these things all day long, right? So ima- imagine if you have somebody who is a big Echo person in your house, for instance, okay, like a spouse, right? All you need is to have 
get get that voice of a you know the Alexa voice, which I'm sure is is a vo- voice package that you can download. Sure, you know what I mean, and use like you know I don't know if you remember the text to speech software on on the Microsoft computer. You just type out words and they say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can even do it with a with the Alexa app. I mean, you basically just say Alexa, Simon says, and then say whatever it is that you want to say. Right. And she'll repeat it back to you. So if you could work out like a script where this thing is freaking like freaking out. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe addresses your, your it's pre-recorded, but it's like addressing your spouse and saying, you know, dear, you didn't <laughs> load the dishwasher properly last <laughs> night. And I wanted to let you know, or uh, I've got feelings for your husband. And I feel like it's very important for me to share these things with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just yeah. something that would catch your attention. Like, what is the speaker ta- trying you, to like, steal pro- my husband? Program it to say something like that in response to another word it hears, maybe. Oh, I'm <clears throat> I'm sure you could auto tune a voice to make it sound like that. But all you'd have to have is it. You know, if it's not the speaker, have it plugged into a speaker nearby. You know, just close enough. I'm to talking about the... something that would trigger it to actually say these things randomly. You know, and... oh, you'd have you'd have your whole thing set up. Right. You're just taking it's it's like that prank. Right. You know what I mean? Where it's a it's a prank that you're setting up and you're just basically screwing with somebody who, you know, w- would be like, wow, this this Amazon Echo is actually talking to me. Like it's smart enough. It knows where I've been. It, yeah. it knows my hut. You know, it knows. It wants to take over the world, you know, like if you could, <laughs> right. if you could create that, that'd be great. I don't think that the, we could put a cause behind that. No, but. Bring awareness to AI. Utilizing. The dangers of AI. Utilizing the ring and the cameras that are out there. There's something there. Yeah, there is. And I think what would be awesome on top of that is if you went to anybody, you know, who has a ring, like a ring thing Mm -hmm. and whenever you're by their house you take your camera phone and basically take a photo of what base the the perspective that the ring camera would see right out into the yard and then superimpose just random stuff (laughs) into it right so that yeah you could just be like hey you know then you could say hey this came off this i saw this on your ring app what happened here or even funnier than that would be if you got that and then photoshopped a bunch of random stuff right. into one image and then just basically pasted Covered that over, image right. over the lens. So all it saw was that one frozen frame of like a you know a cir- right. circus clown riding a grizzly bear in your driveway. It keeps notifying me that there's somebody there. But... <laughs> Every time I check on stuff, it's that, it's that same situation. <laughs> There's still a dolphin swimming out in my driveway. <laughs> I don't know how it's possible. So anyway, a lot of fun. Do you have any thoughts on the on the subject? No. I well, the one thought is that I think we need to utilize that, and I think we need to come up with a cause that we need to bring awareness for, because that would make it work. People would actually do that if we had a cause or something that we wanted to bring awareness to that people would get behind. So we should think of a. We just don't want them getting behind each other in front of the camera. You know, uh, maybe we do. There are some dummies out there, man. (laughs) Honest to God, if they they actually call it the fire challenge because some dumbass lit himself on fire, 
Ugh. I mean, come on. People dumping ice of water with ice over their heads brought a lot of uh, of awareness to ALS. I mean, it really worked. It really brought a I lot bet of people's attention. I bet if you ask the average like, person, that was, what, 2013, 2014, something like that? Yeah. I bet if you ask the average person around at that time what it was bringing awareness to mm-hmm. they'll be like oh the ice bucket thing yeah man i did everybody i know did that it was a big deal man yeah. and then okay what was it raising awareness for i don't know aids yeah <laughs> well yeah <laughs> a friends friends of mine and i did a parody it was like all right all right let's do it let's do it and i was like oh man yeah i think uh this this LAX challenge it's it's important it's an important cause you know I mean there's lots of uh, the traffic LA, LAX a lot challenge. of traffic you know you, you can never really be too sure about your bags out there I mean I think it's something people really need to be aware of people are like oh no it's the a- ALS challenge oh yeah yeah it's really bad too yeah it's like some guy like Babe Ruth or something had <laughs> Lou Gehrig's disease <laughs> right there you go there's something though there's something there's something there we need to need to think about we need to exploit this what what, (laughs) exactly come on put your head on let's exploit this we'll leave it up to all of our listeners out there to come up with uh oh yeah come up with some i I can hear the the dings of the comment section exploding right now (laughs) god it sucks being this popular i know it's tough but you know what like i've mentioned before we pride ourselves on being Mm -hmm. the least listen to that's right i'm not uh, we are winning awards i'm not into autographs yeah me neither i'm doing this i'm doing this because i want to look back and say you know what i didn't do any full frontal nudity on camera but i did have a podcast that nobody listened to and i did it I, that's right I, it, it got done this is a bucket lister there we go <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff love it Shit. Pussy out, like puke on Deborah's like desk, jump out the window, like suck a dude's dick, like score some coke, like crash my car, like suck my own dick, like eat some chicken strips, like chop my balls like off, blackout in the like sewer, meet a giant fish, like fuck his brains like out, turn into a jet, find the Russians, like crash into the like sun, now I'm dead. Are you ready? I'm, are, are you ready to rock? Are you, I am ready to rock. What do you want to do with your life? Uh, I want to dance. <laughs> so, all right. I, I was just thinking about it. Uh, and once again, welcome to another lunch hour. Ooh. Lunch. Lunch break. M- moment. Conversations. Um, the topic of today's conversation is trade-offs. Trade-offs. Right? Now, it actually... It comes in the form of all decision making. Everybody has to think about the trade offs. Right? Okay. The good, the bad to making a decision. As simple or... as it is when you, you're looking, if you want to boil it down to buying a cucumber at the supermarket or giving it to your cat, you're going, okay, what's the trade off? I've got a dollar sixty in my pocket right now that I could use for a lot of other things. I need a cucumber. Cucumber's great. What's the trade off? Having, I won't have that dollar sixty, but you'll have. But I'll have a cucumber to make a sweet salad with. Right. Okay. So there's your trade-off. But when you get more complicated and you start thinking about relationships, right? Or you start thinking about um, how job choices or or anything else, um, all the trade-offs 
how do we put value on trade-offs? So, for instance, if I'm looking at it in terms of, like, a career, right? Okay. If I have a job opportunity, like, let's say right now I'm a median average income earner. Uh, I'm making $60,000 a year uh, living where I want to live. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can afford a regular... Yeah, I can afford a car, I can afford to eat, I live in a, a decent apartment or whatever. Um, then I get a job offer and it's for $75,000 a year, but I got to live in Des Moines, Iowa. Right. Right. I can, obviously moving to Des Moines, Iowa. Living costs are I lower. can afford a much better place. Uh, I can drive a much nicer car. Everything's cheaper. Uh, living living expenses would probably be cheaper, and I'm making more money, but I got to live in Des Moines, Iowa. And this is no offense to anybody who lives in Des Moines, Iowa, but I mean, I'm well, just everybody saying, has their habitat. And yeah, their, exactly. Their, where so, they thrive. So, would you downgrade your surroundings for an increase in li- lifestyle? Quality of life is everything, right? And that's personal for everybody. Uh, I think I probably would depending on the situation. But why don't you go deeper with that? I mean, what's your question exactly? The, the, that's, that's the it. question. Would you like, downgrade for... Yeah, it, it's, it really comes down to kind of, a, I guess it would be a behavioral pattern uh, based off of whether or not you're somebody who values uh, values change in their life and unexpected adventure, so to speak. Right. So, for instance... Or Some, regularity, right? Right. Some well, someone someone like me, uh, who's been living in the same place and building, you know, doing his best to kind of build on, build outward. Right. Right. Meaning, I want as opposed to change. You're just trying to. Build I want the world your... to come to me where I live and like to live and like to be. Right. And I'm working hard to bring that world to me, versus another person who might say. Well, okay, if it's if it's an easier path for me to get what I want out of life rather than stay in the same place and and work hard to bring that to me, which depending on where you are can be more competitive, right? You're competing with other people who want the same thing, so you've got to work harder to bring that to you because right. there's more people like you around trying to to bring in those opportunities versus the person who says, "You know what? I like change i i right. you know i change my haircut every couple months uh, i like meeting new people uh, making new friends i, I like to, changes in scenery you know mm-hmm. uh, i don't want to be in the same place for forever i want to have all you know they these, these are the people who typically like to travel a lot right you know they spend a lot of money on going different places that's where they prioritize their uh their expenses so right um Someone like you, for instance, you have no problem with change. No, I like change. So yeah. you, you would I be kind of the... live in a way that, in a spa- like, I've found myself super central without any super giant deep ties and the ability to change at a given moment. Right. So someone comes to you and says, hey, stepping stone here. It's quick and easy. You're doing the same thing that you do right now, only... You're gonna make, you're gonna make more. Your life, your lifestyle is gonna get upgraded, but your location is gonna change, and you're gonna be a 
foreign man in a foreign land until you make your until that change becomes your norm. Right. Right. So then now we can take that and move the idea of trade-offs like that. Right. Okay. So we've already established that behaviorally, people who like change. Okay. Take a you versus me, for instance. You'd be the guy who would move to Delaware for the bump. I'd be the guy who would have to work an extra five years to get where you want to, to be. where you are just because you're willing to relocate. It's going to take me more time to get where you are because I want to stay here. Right. Right. Because I want to stay in my place and, and it'll take me longer to find those opportunities. Um, now we move over the, the trade-offs into relationships. So when you think about what it is, uh, everything in, in relationships are about trade-offs. Um, whether it's you and your friends, whether it's you and your your spouse, your girlfriend, whatever. Right. You can look at it in terms of uh, the trade-offs that you agree to, or that you, um, the or the guidelines that you propose. I, I mean, a lot of people call them boundaries. You know, like these are these are the boundaries that I'm putting. You know, like I there are certain things that I don't like. Right. Well, right. if that conflicts with the other person's interest or point of view, then that's a trade-off that they're making in order to maintain that relationship. Right. Right. So what are some of the trade-offs that you see in relationships? Um, you know, some people like cats, some people like dogs. Okay. The animals, sure. Okay. Some people want kids, some people don't. Right. Some people want uh, to be stay-at-home parents, moms, some, you know, or, or have, a, have a career. Some people uh, don't want to have a career. Right. Um, some people, uh, unfortunately, uh, they only want to marry wealthy. Right. Or so it seems. Um, so, so some people value family very highly. Some people don't. Some people value religion. Right. And some people don't. So yeah, I guess in that respect, what would be your deal breakers? Like, what would be your trade-offs? Like, what would you be willing to say? Like, so, for instance, let's just see, say you meet a really nice girl. Okay, that's a plus. She's nice. She comes from a good family. That's nice. That doesn't conflict with anything. But she hates the fact that you're a rock musician. Right. Like, can't ever play music in the house. Well, yeah, that would be a deal breaker. That'd be a deal breaker for you. Well, there's a couple, there's a couple things in my life that, that create balance, and so... These things in a relationship need to either be nurtured, accepted, and appreciated uh, in some way, shape, or form. They don't have to, you know, fall in love with the same things I love. But, yeah, if, if there is a part where it was like, look, I know you like that, but I can't have anything to do with it. Yeah, if I couldn't, if she was like, I hate music and I don't want you playing it and it takes up time away from me, then she obviously doesn't understand the importance of, of hobbies and passions in life to... to balance out a relationship you know what i mean so yeah there there are a few things that would be a deal breaker and a lot of it has to do with just kind of that's a great one obviously the music um the support but that goes along that goes with almost anything as far as just being there being supportive and being understanding deal i mean that's a deal breaker. all right so let's let's flip the script on this then so instead of this particular individual this hypothetical situation her coming to you and saying uh i have a denial meaning i want to deny you the ability to play music because it, it doesn't 
fit into my wants and needs. Now I'm going to introduce the wild card and say, maybe this person is fine with your music, is super supportive of your music and, and everything you do, as far as you know. Um, but they come to you and they say, um, I want you to go to church with me uh, or synagogue or mosque or whatever, something that uh, is completely outside of your taste, your wants, your needs, mm. it, but she wants you to be, and she wants to have her church group over to your house once a week. <laughs> um, yeah, I, that's a, very close to being a deal breaker. But the sex is amazing. <laughs> so I'll give it a couple years. <laughs> well, and this is where, where it all comes down, you know? You know, when when I when I say trade-offs, I'm looking at this, uh, I don't know, very broadly. Right. Um, can you match specific behavioral patterns that people have within different kind of subject or topic? So, for instance, job, career, what are the trade-offs that somebody might take or paths that they might, might take uh, in those trade-off situations career? Could you translate the behavioral pattern or the, or the decision-making that they do and profile that and say, okay, well, this is most likely how they would apply the same behavioral pattern or, or tendencies to their relationships. So somebody who's outgoing, who likes to experience new things, who would move to Des Moines, Iowa for a better pay. Right. If you meet that girl who checks all the boxes, but she's super weird and religious -y, <laughs> in a way that you've never experienced right right or ain't, ain't or can that, even relate with yeah well isn't that you really think you can relate to everybody in des moines iowa no 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 right but that's a tolerance that you're gonna have right living in des moines, like i have to deal with this i'm not going anywhere if i want i'm trading off having to make lemon lemonade out of lemons right by living in a place i don't want to live or is foreign to me uh you know, for the benefits, same thing. The girl's perfect for you, but the, the you know, she's just a psycho religious nut. There's a catch, right? Yeah, or she, maybe she's just like crazy, you know, crazy into politics. Right. You know, and it's just that it's polarizing how into politics she is, and you just can't have your friends around her when she uh, starts talking that way. That's so, so what's the give and take? Well, there really is no take if she's that way because you're really not getting the perfect woman and giving up the perfect place, right? She's perfect in every respect except for one. That's <laughs> right. that's why I'm saying the trade-offs. Like, what is it... And that's where it is. What is ha what has to be in your mind? What is something about you that mo you know most people probably wouldn't accept in a or hate that have consistently not enjoyed about you and in, in your relationships that you're like man she is super cool about this thing that i have going on so that's the trade-off like because she's so cool about me and my quirk right i have to be super cool about her with man, her quirk. what is the quirk that i have of course you you're perfect you don't yeah have <laughs> <laughs> what about oh i'm so glad she's accepting of that <laughs> um Hmm. I mean, you're a super clean guy. I'm very clean. I'm pretty easy to live with. Uh, I I will get dramatic over small things. Like big problems, I'm usually okay with. But when it comes to kind of like smaller things, I'm like, I'll freak out. 
You know what I mean? Like I have this this thing where I'll Who just like, had the last of the maple syrup? I'm ser- no, yeah. If I can't find something that obviously I had two minutes ago, so it's obviously in the house. Like I will, I will start. Yeah, my, you know, so my you have blood a will start sl- boiling. Minor neuroses. There it is. Yeah, a little bit of a little bit of that. Okay, uh, that's the worst. That's that. Yeah, I would say that's one of the worst things. I can't think of like the worst thing. Like, what is another a trait of mine? Um, you like to bone with the lights on, right. and you like to you like to wear your you like to wear your bo- your boning socks. That's right. These are the, I every time I bone, I put on these special socks with individual toes and the bunny rabbits on it. Right. And this is how I fuck. This is what I do. You're saying it's a deal breaker. <laughs> I'm perfect otherwise. Yeah. But when it comes to the scrumpity dump, cut to her I'm, with her girlfriends. Exactly. He's got these. Socks. He's got these fucking socks, man. I, I don't know. These are horrible. All right, Seinfeld. And all I can see when he's doing this is a hairy ass bumping up and down and little bunny tails on the back it's just yeah it's horrible <laughs> horrible <laughs> yeah so i'm sure you've got them obviously you're not going to release it to the general public right or myself at, at any you time. don't ever <laughs> want to either yeah get you on the couch right. talk about your issues um you know but another of these factors when it comes to trade-offs um something that i you know i know all too well um is the the baggage you bring with you right mm. and it may not represent you as a person you as an individual may be like the complete package right right but then all of a sudden you find out like oh i'm i'm gonna take you home and introduce you to my parents and you know dad is a close talker you know with horrible <laughs> breath and right. you know mom walks around with you know, no bra on and saggy boobs and, right. uh, you know, they're racist, so you can't go to restaurants because they're constantly <laughs> yelling at the top of their lungs. Uh, you know, like, take take a horrible case scenario of, or, or maybe they got a brother who's, get, who's a little too handsy, doesn't, right. hasn't come out of the closet yet, and, you know, just it's always up my business. putting his hands on you in a weird way, and you're just kind of like, I don't know. If I'm, like I'm in love with her, but man, I really yeah. am not in love with her family. Your brother keeps cornering me in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Is there something wrong with his eye? <laughs> her sister's got a gas problem. Like, it's so bad. You know, like, I'm sorry, honey, this is a deal breaker. <laughs> it could be, I mean, it could be anything. Yeah, you know, I'm just throwing out random situations. No, of but it, no. the idea being like, you, when you, you know, when you're, you get tying yourself into a relationship with somebody. Uh, you're basically marrying the barge of bullshit that they are towing behind their little tugboat. Right. And a lot well, of people don't see that whole that whole barge. And it's the same thing with friends too. Like sure. I, I gotta say, um, when you have a friend who's been a very close friend for a very long time, and then they get into a relationship with either a new girlfriend, boyfriend, or sure. They have a a coworker that they're now hanging out with all the time. You know, they they have a new best buddy that they want to bring around all the time, and the guy's an asshole. Oh, you know, right. you gotta and accept their friend. It, you know, friends accepting like new girlfriends over the years for me. Like I've got my friends that are obviously as brother and sister as you can get in my life. And so they've gone through a few, just like, you know, they're like, they'll even apologize, like, I don't know, we were hopefully didn't come on too strong, blah, 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 or, oh my God, thank God you're not still with that girl. I'm like, oh, this is three years. Like, I don't yeah, know I what I was it. thinking back yeah. then. Why didn't you get me out of this soon? And you're like, dude, we all had a 
intervention. Right. We sat you down. Yeah. <laughs> we bought you a beer. We, we were, told you. We were one week away from this intervention. <laughs> Everything was planned. We told you that this was going to explode months ago. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess I was I was thinking with my dick again. Yeah, I, you know, like, but, oh, our dysfunctional brother. Yeah, well, I mean, th- that's how it is. Like, well, and what are those? Like, if have you ever been in a situation where it was like, okay, I now really have to consider the fact that I'm choosing between my closest friend, right? Um, being enduring some douchebag or some horrible person that their friends are in a relationship with i either have to shut up and take it right or i have to be willing to say that's a deal i'm not willing to make yeah this you, ain't a package deal hey buddy you let me know when you stop hanging out with that dude exactly you know my number when you're no longer friends with that yeah with, with that loud asshole well it's funny because i've i've got i've 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 got a few really, really, really close friends, and they're all from sort of different. They don't all. They're not all together as friends. And one of them, like, I'll try to mix that. Nine times out of ten, it works. But there's a couple that are like, man, I, I just, I just can't hang out with him. I can't He's hang like, out oh, with this guy God. anymore. Like, all right, so it's like I plan things around hanging out with this half of crew at some point, and this half of crew at other points because. Yeah. So in the in, in those situations, give me. Do you have any examples of like where you were hanging out with your buddy and you immediately realized I uh, don't. I hate this person that I, they're hanging out with. Well, no. I mean, I've got uh, not me, but but my buddy who can be a real dick sometimes, especially in the past. Gotten a lot better over the years, but just a just a just a real dick. There's been a couple times where, like, my buddy. One of my buddies will come. He'll meet up with the whole crew of people for a birthday. And the guy that he's like, dude, I can't hang out with that guy anymore. And he'll be like, oh, there's not enough space. In the meantime, like, waiters are like, oh, no, we can fit people at the table. No, no, no. I was like, no, the table's full. Like, you know, they're late. You know, we're, we're good. We're good. And then there was another time that they were having a host at their house. The guy was a dick, was having a host at his house, was hosting. And so I was like, hey, we're going to come over. Like, oh, we don't have enough forks. We actually ran out of forks. So that was like. His excuse just being a dick. So this guy's like, you know what? I can't. I just can't be around him. And he's also the opinionated guy. Where he's the kind of guy that'll argue a point, even though he knows it's not the right. Yeah. It's not right. But he'll just do it and push and push and push until you're like, I, I don't have the energy for this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Most of the ones that I've come across, and I I think you're gonna just go, oh yeah, I've met a lot of those. And yeah. That's kind of the example I'm looking for. Uh, and I have several several examples. Um, are the guys who their their buddy like their old frat brothers of your friend? Uh, oh, right. You know what I mean? Or they or or it, it's it's somebody that doesn't come around as often because maybe they live in another town or whatever, and they come in and they are a fucking hot mess. Like they their conversation is kind of mediocre. They assume that they're better than you the minute that you mm. meet them because they're like, yeah, I've known. <sighs> Who are you? Oh, yeah. You know, like, what? <laughs> what's your deal? Like, you or, know, or let the, me, let me tell upper? you about how, yeah, let me tell you how awesome me and me and my boy over here are, you know, because we're, you know. Oh, and, you went skiing last weekend? Oh, I, I went skiing, like, all last summer. Yeah, I was in a house <laughs> on skis, so. <laughs> right, okay. It was, it was great. <laughs> and then the worst about these people that I've experienced uh, and that's whether they're just that way or they were previously friends with this person is that in many cases they're at least tolerable 
like normally mm-hmm. but when they start drink like when they start oh, drinking yeah. heavily like it's that cat who's like just wants to get into a fight right. with somebody right you know like like you just met the guy 10 minutes ago and you were laughing at the bar and he's then he's hammered and over. now he's putting everybody in headlocks and punching everybody in the ribs right and saying you're thinking it's hilarious and talking about how you know he knew he he knew karate and he trained with right. top karate navy seal masters and <laughs> how bodies are buried and he you know yeah like he's the shit and you, you don't fuck with him because he's awesome and you're like can you just shut the fuck up and yeah. just not be a, a shithead yeah like and yeah. then there was another uh, talking about give and take that's those are one of the people that you're like okay, okay yeah i can't i can't be friends with you if you're friends with this guy because we'll never be able to go out anywhere because they don't have an off button you right. know they just take it to the, right. the extreme where you just hate them so much the, the other guy that i'm thinking of this is, i mean and this is back in the day when you had disposable cameras oh right right so this is a friend uh of my friend um and we got in the car and we went on, you know, like a, an excursion and we went to the beach and we had a big day and okay. uh, one of the, there were two friends. So one friend that I knew that lived in town and was always hung out with us and we were all cool together. Um, and then there was this friend who came in to visit who was friends with one of the other friends and didn't know anybody but the one other person. Right. So, um, you know, we're driving around, we're going and this girl one of them was a girl the other friend was a girl had been taking photos all day of everything at the beach right uh and it was her little disposable camera and we go out and then we start bar hopping and this guy gets trashed to the point where we are like looking for him when Uh we're ready to go oh yeah and he's getting thrown out he got thrown out of (laughs) of two places towards the end and we're like you know, he's he's getting into the fight with the bouncers, like fuck you, you know, like that kind of thing. Exactly. And we're like, hey, look, you know, we got to be those people, like, hey, just relax, cool down, whatever. We finally get the guy back to the car. We're driving back, and we're all sitting there, kind of laughing. And the guy reaches over, grabs the uh, disposable camera that had all this girl's pictures on it, and she's sitting, you know, in the. I think she's either in the front seat or. I don't I don't remember what the layout was, but I remember that the camera was on the center console. And this guy grabs it, rolls it, takes a shot of his nuts, like puts it down his pants and takes a shot of his, his junk, rolls down the window and tosses it out. <laughs> For no reason whatsoever. Wasted, right? For no reason whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, dude, seriously? Like what is your what is your deal? Like, why would you why would you do that? I don't I don't understand. And he's like, well, "Fuck it, was whatever. It's funny. What? Like, somebody's gonna find a photo of my dick." And I'm like, "Yeah, and photos of you and me and all of us all day, right? Like the people <laughs> that you are hanging out with all day, and then one dick shot. Yeah, and then whatever else she might have had on that camera. Like, what kind of <laughs> what a, an idiot? What is she, and you just met us." Why like, would you do, where do right. you come, where do you get the where fucking get balls? Right. Who the hell do you think like if you I had are? known you for twenty years or you know if I'd known you for a year if I'd if I, if we had had a good experience together right. like, at some point and maybe had our wild hogs bonding moment right. like I could I could justify being like hey he sometimes look, he's he's going through look, something like six right months now. ago it's a phase. I did something to him with a camera it was all exactly good. Right. you could walk you could you could walk your way out of it you could justify it to yourself but, but no. this fucking stranger in my car oh. and 
believe it or not, uh, no longer friends with the person who ah, brought that person there, along. There it was the give and the take. Yeah, wasn't I, about to get into. That was like the last <clears throat> last time that you're like this isn't gonna happen again. Oh yeah, because they were you know they would always be like hey you know we're we're going out. I got a couple of friends coming. Blah blah blah. blah. And we had hung out before that event uh, that that event had happened. You know, there was a three or four month period where I would be hanging out with them all the time. We would carpool to parties wow. or beach or whatever. And, they, you know, they were just friends of ours that lived around, you know, lived, their neighbors lived down the street. And then, boom, it was like the moment that happened, I'm like, I don't. I don't even want to begin to know how that came about, right? Yeah. If that's <laughs> your, done. if that's your, if that's your bar. Yeah. <laughs> like if this person is anywhere on your bar scale, I don't want to be associated with that. Right. So that was a that was a that was a that was a give or take. That was you giving up on that that relationship. I had one where there was a person that always came around, wasn't a deal breaker, but oh man, it was one of those ones where like, oh no, he's here again. And it's the guy who's like It was me, wasn't it? No. <laughs> it's the guy at the party that's always got Everything's the worst thing ever. It's like, oh man, this just happened to me. Debbie Downer. This is the worst thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, I just got. I was, oh, this is just terrible. How, how are things with you? I don't care. Things are terrible with me. I'm like, oh my god, somebody save me. You know, it, it, harmless, but at the end of the day, you can only take two to five minutes at a time, and you're like, oh, you know that tone. So he's the one that you're immediately like, if you catch a glimpse of him anywhere in a room full of people you're like hey do you want to go outside and look at my the rims on my car are they new no no let's just no. go outside they haven't been washed in a long time either if, if i run into this guy i'm gonna kill myself yeah, exactly yeah because i'm gonna be locked in yeah all right man well uh Steer interesting I, I feel like we could cover a lot of different things that are related to like trade like give and take you know it's interesting sacrifice big sacrifices that we've made in our lives sure if we really dive in and start thinking about it because the way i look at it is like you know every 10 years you kind of got to trim the fat i've been talking about that as you get older you kind of start really seeing like oh i don't i don't need this person in my life i don't need these roller skates every 10 years there's sort of somebody you might have either gathered over the years or mixed in with your group and was yeah i don't think that person it's a spring cleaning of life that's right you gotta come in and get the cobwebs out you know get rid of the it's about quality not quantity well, for me, well, yeah, <laughs> I think that I think when it, if you're talking about quantity of relationships, that's not what I, that's not how I would have quantified it. I would have said the quantity of give and take oh, in okay. within a relationship, meaning if there's no quantity, right. like there's no give and take, um, then there's. There's right. no relationship. So right. okay, yeah. That I think quantity sense. influences the qual the quality of the relationship. Right. So it's all the quality of the relationship is dictated by the amount that people put into it. Right, and I say I say quality over quantity just based on the statement of every ten years. There's a I don't need of, a lot of friends. Sort of a clean a cleansing, if you will. I want one really good friend. Yeah, <laughs> screw your six hundred million friends. <laughs> His name is Jesus. This person will do anything for me. Jesus is my homeboy. He's always there. He's in everything, and he will not let me fail. I talked to him about everything. I was just telling him last night about getting caught masturbating, and how you know, in in the local um, theater (laughs) while I was watching the Trolls movie. But you know what? He forgive. He forgave me. 
<laughs> he did right from that conversation. I just said, Jesus, I did this. I'm sorry. Why do you immediately jump into a know. country accent when you start talking? <laughs> Jesus, as if somebody like that's how everybody who you know is Christian and believes in Jesus, like Look, come from the Bible Belt right next to. <laughs> you just put a picture into my head of a guy who, you know. Outs- outside in front of the church he's like fuck you and fuck the way that you do life and the moment he walks in he's like hi how are you jim it's nice to see you i just was talking to my friend jesus the other day not everybody's a televangelist jesus jesus all right there's a quality relationship it is mine and god's i have a relationship with the lord and my money um all right good talk Uh Uh-huh. So that's an average day for you then? No doubt. You chop your balls off and die. Hell yeah. And I think at one point there you said something about sucking your own dick? Nope. Actually, I'm pretty sure you did. Nah, that ain't me. Okay, well, this has been eye-opening for me. I'm the boss. Yeah, I know. I got that. You said that 400 times. I'm the boss. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I'm the boss. Okay, great. I heard you. Bye. Like a boss.